0: If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast.
1: You long for a deep, fierce love, the stuff of legends.
0: But overwhelm, fear, and doubt keep holding you back.
1: But this is your life and your marriage.
0: This is the legacy you will be remembered for. So
1: we're on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of
0: a legendary marriage. This is episode 34 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we're your co-hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams.
1: This is the podcast for couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. We know what it's like to want a great marriage, but not know where to start. So
0: each week, we're bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical ideas, and of course, a challenge that will help you build more connection and intimacy in your marriage.
1: And we'll have a whole lot of fun and laughter along the way.
0: Exactly. And you know what's not funny? The amount of clutter that is in this house.
1: Yes. (laughs) Which is counterintuitive because we are not cluttery people by any means. We're kind of minimalists. And yet, lately, this place is like a dumpster fire. It is
0: a dumpster fire. And
1: we had
0: an interview that we did for the podcast this last week. And she talked about decluttering your home. And so I'm on a rampage. And the girls are ready to like pull their hair out because I'm making them organize every little space of this home.
1: Yeah. So we have two girls and they're home from school for the summer Mm -hmm. and uh, they spend a lot of time just playing together and they are crafters. They are creative, constantly stapling, painting, taping, (laughs) drawing, everything, marking, everything, creating banners and posters and flyers and all kinds of stuff. And it's just everywhere. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's gone.
0: I know because I went with a trash bag and just went crazy on the whole house. What? You know,
1: I You're feel supposed like... to save that stuff to put it in the Louvre.
0: Well, you know me. You know, I'm the not the
1: museum, not the bathroom.
0: Oh, that's the Louvre, honey. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but speaking of indoor fun, um the pool. <laughs>
1: The indoor fun pool? What?
0: No, crafting is indoor fun, honey. Crafting is indoor fun. But I'm talking about the pool. It's Austin, Texas, and it's time yeah. for the pool.
1: And Ooh, It is the dog days of summer here. It is hot.
0: And I'm exhausted. We take the girls to the pool every day, and it's exhausting. But our neighborhood pool was closed today for cleaning, so we went to want, the want, want. super swanky pool, which I stole key fob from my friend when she moved away. (laughs) I didn't really steal it. She gave it to me. But I'm afraid every time we go to the pool, because it's like a super nice resort pool, that people are going to look at us and be like, you don't belong here. And we'll be like, Uh, no, we don't belong here. (laughs) But was that
1: like nerdy Texan accent? I think I it was. I'm
0: not super good with accents. I know you're the accent man. So, but
1: so what's your cover story?
0: My cover story is, if anybody ever asks where I live, um, I have an address because it was my friend's old address. Okay. So I'm just going to say Because I was wondering address.
1: today when we were there, I was wondering if you knew had, her address.
0: Had a cover story. Because there wanna, was
1: a lady looking at us kind of funny.
0: You, yeah, it's like paranoia strikes in. So you're like, everybody knows we don't belong here.
1: You know, I think I think we might be watching too much burn notice.
0: I think we might. I think we've got conspiracy when theories. When you're a
1: spy, you're constantly aware of...
0: <laughs> All your surroundings. But you know what's really challenging, too, is like I always make friends at the pool. I always like, mm-hmm. hey, let's get together sometime and blah, blah, blah. When I go to that pool, I cannot make any friends friends at all or eye contact or anything. I just have to keep a low profile. I cannot stand out in any way.
1: If you've ever been around Danielle, it's like she has to physically restrain Restrain herself. (laughs) herself from trying from connecting with people it's hilarious
0: well but you know what sometimes it's good to just have an off moment where you don't feel like you're trying to make friends or anything what reminds me of an article i was reading about friendship five things that make someone a great friend and so here we go are you a great friend we'll see justin how are you gonna weigh in on
1: this I don't know.
0: I feel like I probably got like a 50%. So let's see how we weigh in as good friends. All right. Five, they can have a conversation on a deeper level.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: If you're a friend like me, I like to go for the heart, spiritual matters, all that kind of stuff. I'm all
1: about like what's going on in life, what, what matters. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. Number four, they respect your space and emotional energy. Sometimes you yeah. have those friends that are just going through a time where like, I know we, we run a business together. We're always super busy. So our friends just know in this season, like we love you. We're still friends, but we're probably not going to see you or talk to you or even look your
1: way. Yeah. I know it the other <laughs> way around too, because I, I have, for some reason, I'm an extrovert, but I have a lot of introvert friends. You
0: do. You're an introvert they, magnet. Like,
1: I'm like, hey, let's hang out and do stuff. And they're like, uh, no, I need to be by myself. And it's not that they don't love me and we don't have a great relationship. It's just. It's challenging. Yeah. I've I've learned to respect their space and emotional energy. Number three, outstanding friends are genuinely happy
0: for you when you have great news to share. Yeah. That's hard
1: sometimes, though.
0: It is hard sometimes, especially when you're in like a downer kind of place. Like when we were going through our infertility battle and every other woman was like, Ooh, I'm pregnant. And I just, we just
2: tried last week, we just started.
0: I don't know how that happened. And I'm like, ooh, yay, I'm super happy for you. So, it's hard to sometimes put that like authentic bone in my body and do that when you're in a super bad
1: like sad place. Whether it's like they get something you want but don't have or um, if it's just like I'm in a season of where just life is kind of junky for me.
0: Yeah. And they're and, like.
1: And this, my friend is like.
0: Oh, happy the day.
1: Oh, happy day. Okay. And <laughs> you're right like along.
0: hanging up the phone on them. Yeah. Um, and number two, a great friend genuinely cares about you and they know when to be honest.
1: Yeah. Sometimes yeah.
0: Like, sometimes you have to call your friends forth. You got to call them on the crap. You got to call out the greatness in them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to be real. And and that's the key is calling forth, not shaming.
0: Right. Right. All right. And number one, they're there for you when you need them the most.
1: Yep. 3 a.m., bring a shovel and a tarp. No questions.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you're curious more about a plan on how to build your tribe, check out www.legendarymarriage.com, and we got a little freebie for you on how to build your tribe, your peeps, your friends. And speaking of friends, we've made some new friends. Yes, and they're Tom and Ariana Sylvester. They,
1: I love these guys. They're awesome.
0: I feel like there are new BFFs. Maybe. They, they may be. Well, they're in a trial period right now. but
1: <laughs> I think we're in the trial period. Uh, we right probably now. are in the trial <laughs> period.
0: Um, but they're talking about how to communicate as husband and wife as well as business partners. So yeah, that's a And tricky. they talk
1: about um, really putting your family's well being above everything else.
0: All right. So without further ado, um, Tom and Ariana Sylvester, they were college sweethearts Aww. and now business partners. Um, they are owners to three very different businesses. And while running their real estate business, wine and liquor store, and online coaching and training for entrepreneurs, they've raised two energetic youngsters. And together, their big picture goal is to help other entrepreneurs achieve fulfillment in both business and in life by teaching them the important lessons that they've learned on their journey. So let's welcome Tom and Ariana why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about, um, you guys as a couple, how'd you guys meet and fall in love and that story? Hmm. Well,
2: it's <laughs> oh, <here> a <laughs> so long go. time ago. <laughs> um, we are college sweethearts Aww. and by college sweethearts, I mean like freshman year, the first week, actually before school even started because we played soccer. So uh,
3: literally the first girl I saw at college.
2: <laughs> wow. You're like, yeah. good. I'll take her.
3: <laughs> <Yep>. I'm in.
2: <laughs> you played yeah, soccer on the together? same floor. We played soccer. Well, no, separate teams, but we were there early for preseason, and so we both were in the same dorm on the same floor. And there was like nobody else in the dorms except for the the students that were athletes of a fall sport. So because we played soccer, we like saw each other in the hallway. We were three doors apart, and he would come get his water filled up at the water fountain past my door
0: you was super hydrated that year wasn't he He was, I very, was hydrated. very hydrated <laughs>
3: <laughs> I,
2: I
0: but get you
3: know some... soccer takes a lot out of you so you have to hydrate
2: that's
0: true absolutely
3: absolutely
2: <laughs> whatever you have to say
3: <laughs> to cover it up
2: <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool and so how long have y'all been married
3: you know wait we should... no i
2: did the math the other day it's going to be, it's nine years.
3: I was going to say, we should be ready for this question because we never are. No. We just look
2: horrible. never remember. And,
3: and we're on a podcast about marriage and we don't even know how long it's been.
2: No. This that's we did. Nine years? Nine years. Nine years. In September.
1: In September. Perfect. Nine years in September. That's awesome. All right. So here's the,
0: what's a big challenge that y'all have faced so far in your marriage? I know you're entrepreneurs together, so there's got to be some challenges there.
3: Yes. So how much time do we have? Oh.
2: <laughs> Just throw one out there for now. (laughs) I think the biggest challenge was, um, at least not for me on my end, was learning to communicate differently in the business versus in the rest of our lives. Mm. Um, Because it was very easy. You know, we're completely opposite personality types. So I like to know what's wrong and like fix it. And Mm. he very much needs his space and his time to come to terms with things. And then when he's ready to talk about it, he talks about it that's, that was okay in in the personal life, but then we got into business and that just wasn't working because, you know, things would go wrong. And then I would be frustrated because I'm waiting for him and I need things done. And he would be frustrated with me because I dislike confrontations. So I did not like making mistakes or having to deal with those mistakes that I made. So that was definitely the biggest challenge on my end was learning that different kind of communication.
0: So we have um, quite a few listeners in our in our audience that are entrepreneurs that are couples. You have any advice? And we're obviously in this a similar boat. What advice would you give for communicating um, when you're working together?
3: I, I think the key is to do it often. You know, a lot of people avoid you know having those tough conversations. But when you're in a relationship, especially when you're working together, you can't avoid those things. So it's better to make sure that you're having those conversations. And, you know, one of the best things that we do is we do this weekly sync. And basically, it's an hour a week where we look back on the previous week and basically go over, you know, what things went well and what didn't go so well. Mm -hmm. And what that allows us to do is to really get on the same page Mm -hmm. around things. And then it's a point where both of us know that we're going to talk about those things. So, you know, we're coming in with that right state of mind. And then we're able to kind of close that week out, really understand what's going on, and then make sure that the next week we're able to make it a little bit better. So, you know, before we kind of had this thing, there would be times where I'd have a rough day and she would come in and, you know, just throw something at me. And I'm like, come on, you know, (laughs) or vice versa. But yeah, (laughs) but by having this meeting every week, it just made everything so much easier to kind of talk out and then to improve on week by week.
2: Well, and I think too, we we had to learn not to take things so personally. Um, when it came to discussing the business stuff or you know, discussing frustrations we were having and projecting that onto that other person, you have to know kind of where they're coming from and that it's not really directed at you. It's just, you happen to be the partner in both marriage and business. So you're kind wow. of the only person that they can talk to about that stuff.
3: Well, I was gonna say, and one more thing with that is, you know, we are very different. And we always knew that, but it wasn't until we took a couple of personality tests and then shared the results with each other. And it's like, oh, that's why we do those things. (laughs) And once we understood that, then we could make sure that we adjust our communication style, um, you know, based on that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it can be tough when you're like, I have no idea how, yeah, he and I are... What?
1: What are you looking at? Me?
0: <laughs> we communicate perfectly. You're right. Next question. No, I know.
1: I was just waiting. <laughs> no, forget
0: it. Forget it. No, so I wonder, how did y'all um, end up getting in business together? You know, you say well. I do, you're, you're lovey-dovey, and then bam, let's get into
2: business together. How'd that go down? It took a very long time to go down. Yeah. Uh, I was not so much into... The business idea sort of thing. It, I was, no, you're
3: you're being pretty nice. <laughs> you were vehemently against it.
2: <laughs> She's slightly. I no, a lot. Enjoy it a lot. <laughs> I said no a lot.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, when we got together, we were in college for four years, and as we graduated, I kind of looked ahead and said, you know, forty-five years of working somewhere like that. It's just not the life that I want us to have. So I'd set out a goal that said, basically, by 35, we wanted to be independent, kind of doing what we wanted to do. So I set that goal, but we really didn't talk about it. And so I was looking at, okay, what are the possible ways that we could get there? So I tried investing in the stock market. And then I realized, one, um, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Two, you need money to invest in the stock market. And we were broke college kids. So that didn't work. And then so I tried a variety of other things, um, ultimately trying to get into real estate. And Ariana said, no, at every turn.
2: Mm-hmm. And but you wanted to, after we, we moved out of our college apartment into a house, which you wanted to be a duplex and live in one side and rent out the other. That makes so much
3: sense. That I is understand totally what
2: sounding like the American dream for college students who just graduated. <laughs>
3: But so long story short,
2: students, it's not that much of a leap,
0: you know, true, true, true. but we were also
2: engaged to be married.
0: So, oh yeah, that's a little
2: different.
3: So long story short, Ariana said no to everything. And I got really (laughs) depressed because I'm like, how are we ever going to make this goal work? If everything Mm. I try to do to get us there, Ariana just shuts down. And Mm. so, um, driving home from work one day, really depressed, heard an ad on the radio for, uh, come to this free real estate training. It'll turn your life around, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So long story short, you go to the free training, and then they upsell you to a $500 training. And then they upsell the really gullible people to a $15,000 training.
2: Let me
0: guess, Uh, that was
3: you. No, it wasn't until the very last second, and then it was. Yeah. (laughs) I bet it (laughs) turned.
2: He did split it with his cousins. So luckily, it was half of that. But he didn't ask me first, so he just spent it. Ooh.
1: Mm, And how'd that go over?
3: Not well. Very, very well. (laughs) (laughs) Fellowship there? Yeah.
2: I was not happy. We had a wedding to pay for and we had just bought a house.
3: So the good thing, the lesson that you can learn without spending $15,000 telling your spouse is, you know, if you have these conversations, you can avoid getting into this mess. So Mm -hmm. the problem was that we didn't really sit down and talk about what we want our lives to look like in the future. And what this forced us to do was to sit down and have that conversation. And what we realized was that, you know, we really wanted similar things, but we were thinking about how we're going to get there in different ways. Mm -hmm. So Ariana was thinking kind of that traditional path. We both have jobs, you know, we pay off our debt and we're good. I was like, that's not the case. You know, I want to build businesses and that's how we're going to get there. But it wasn't until we sat down and really talked about what we want our lives to look like in the future that we could then work backwards and say, okay, well, how do we work together to get there? And that was the big break that came from, you know, that mistake.
0: Now, I'm curious, Ariana said, she kept saying no, no, no. Every time he wanted to get into business, she said no. Um, what was behind all the no's? Yeah.
2: Um, he has a lot of ideas. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I say a lot, I mean, the list is really long. And he, oh, I mean, as we were kind of getting into that space, he never, he never expressed the why. To me. So all he kept saying is I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to, I want us to be landlords. And I was like, why? The hell? Why do I want to be a landlord? What's wrong with you? We have a house. We're getting married. Let's just do normal things. Um, and you just
0: that really big key ring with like all the keys yeah.
2: and, and you're like, no, that's not my life. No. And I just, I mean, to, to be honest, it had never been a thought in my mind before like, Oh, let's be entrepreneurs. I didn't, it wasn't on the radar for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reasoning behind the nose, were just no, why, why would I want to do that? Why do we need to do that? There's just doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. I think that like he talked about, our turning point was after he just went and spent the money, then he had to explain why it was so important because I was very unhappy with him at that time. And we were having lots of late night discussions that involved tears and frustration and trying to figure out yeah. what we were going to
0: do now. So obviously y'all really got in line because now you have multiple businesses. <laughs> He's um, tell us a little bit about that. Obviously you got into real estate and then how did you just keep adding more and more businesses?
2: I told you he has lots of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you let this happen, Ariana?
0: That's
3: really what I'm asking. I asking. I'm very convincing.
2: <laughs> well, the second business sort of came about due to some interesting advantages um, we bought a commercial building with our real estate business and um, there was previously a, a store a wine and liquor store in the same town that was for sale and he had been kind of looking at that as like a different business opportunity but th- it wasn't a good deal and so then he found the commercial building He's like oh we could buy our own building own the building and then put the store in to our own building. So that's, that's, and his, his father owns a wine and liquor store that he bought years ago. So we had the advantage of already kind of knowing what the market and the business was all about. So, mm-hmm. so here's the big thing with that, that Ariana's leaving out.
3: So I like to, what I call plant seeds. So I look ahead at where we want to be in the future. And then I plant a whole bunch of seeds today and then figure out which ones are going to sprout. And we go after those. So mm-hmm. the years before my father had basically called me up and said, you know, we were having a casual conversation. And he said, you know, one of my friends are getting divorced and one of them owns a building and the other one owns a business in the building. And they're really struggling to figure out how they're going to sell it. And I said, well, why don't you buy it? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, look, you have a construction background. You can turn those into apartments. And he's like, well, I know nothing about running a wine and liquor store. And I said, well, I'll help you get that set up. So basically I got him into real estate and then I got him into the liquor store. And then by getting him set up, I could tell the numbers from his store, and then we basically took that model and duplicated it in another town. So whereas it probably sounds really random, like, how do you guys have a real estate (laughs) business and a wine and liquor store? And it was all really intentional knowing that, you know, these were the steps that we could take to build the financial freedom that we're looking for.
1: Sure, it's about finding what you know and finding a way to make it work.
3: Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. A lot of people don't realize that everyone has some sort of unfair advantage. And a lot of times people are looking at what someone else did to have success and trying to like model that. And the big thing you got to look at is, you know, what are the things that you have that set you apart from other people that you can take advantage of? And we all have it, but oftentimes we don't look in it ourselves. We just look at the success other people have and we try to model that.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love the way you, you phrase it. Everyone has an unfair advantage. It's a brilliant perspective shift.
0: Yeah. So you said you kind of like had this come come to Jesus kind of conversation where you're like, we have to get lined up on this. Otherwise we're going to like kill each other before we (laughs) get down the aisle. So you lined up on things and now y'all have been working together for quite a while. And you're, 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 what's your business model look like today with the two of you? Are you still working closely together? And what does that look like today?
2: Yeah, we, um, so the, the two brick and mortar businesses uh the real estate and the store we pretty much have those running on autopilot um right now we have employees that work at our store so we we've kind of slowly been able to pull ourselves away from all of the day to day stuff which has been so nice because that that was that was my job for the last 5 4 years oh, um to feel good Yes. Yeah, so that's been nice. And then on the online business, we definitely are still very much working together uh, because it is a business that involves both of us and um, we're teaching people together and all of, all of that stuff.
3: Yeah. Tell yeah. our
0: listeners a little bit about your business that you're doing online.
3: Yeah. Well, so, you know, just before we jump into that. So one of the things we realized through our personality test and, you know, what we naturally gravitate to is, you know, I'm the big picture visionary idea person. And then Ariana's really good at like the tactical, the detailed day-to-day stuff that I'm horrible at. So when we look at how we partner in these businesses, the big thing we were looked at is what are our natural fits? And we're able to kind of split roles up that way so that it works out well for both of our strengths. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we actually just went through a big rebrand. Uh, we used to be known as Serial Startups, uh, but we've rebranded as Tom and Ariana because, you know. So much better to have a personal brand and, and yeah. share more of your personality and who you are. Um, and we also rebranded our Facebook community to the family entrepreneur life. So we're working on helping people get aligned with their business and their personal life uh, because that is a huge um, s- struggle for a lot of people with families that are trying to figure out how to manage it all. And that's, that's what we do. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So, what do you find
0: is the biggest problem that your families are having with the whole juggling act with entrepreneurship and family?
3: So, I think one of the biggest things is unrealistic expectations. So, you know, it's so easy to look at other entrepreneurs, especially if you look online, because online people show you what they want to show you, right? So, they're going to show you the success they have. They're going to talk about, you know, all the revenue they're making, you know, uh, show pictures of this great lifestyle. But what most people don't show you is kind of the background of how you got there. So the years that it took a to struggle and, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, these entrepreneurs that you see, you know, they may not have kids, so they have a very different lifestyle or they may not be in a relationship. So it's much easier to do some of these things depending on your circumstances. And very few people realize that, you know, when you have you know, a spouse and when you have kids, you've got other responsibilities so that whole like oh just quit your job and start a business it doesn't work for everyone and you know families have unique situations that i don't think they realize other families are going through as well Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that and i think too you
3: know don't talk about
2: all the people that are are successful but have had to sacrifice their families and their loved ones to get to that success (laughs)
1: This episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Legendary Marriage Intensive rediscover the heart of your marriage.
0: If you love each other, but you've lost heart, then it's time for the legendary marriage intensive, a beautiful mountain lodge, three days of clarity, purpose, adventure, and renewing your love for each other as you forge friendships and transform your marriage forever.
1: We'll help you look at the story of your relationship with fresh eyes so that you can fall in love all over again and resolve some of those long-standing and recurring conflicts while you craft a clear, fresh vision for the next season of your marriage and your family.
0: Oh, and you'll have some epic adventure in the mountains and a romantic night on the town.
1: It's deep, rich learning, adventure, and plenty of laughter. That's the focus as you forge friendships and build the skills and tools to transform your marriage and your family forever.
0: October 19th through 22nd. Breckenridge, Colorado, and we only have limited space. So find out more and apply at slash intensive. If you have questions, email us at Danielle and Justin at legendarymarriage.com. And now back to part two of our interview with Tom and Ariana Sylvester. So I'm curious, what are y'all dreaming about right now? Obviously, you're now these serial entrepreneurs. You're just, you've got business on top of business. What are you dreaming about now? I know you've got some seeds in that pot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got, we got a couple of things. Um, you want to
3: go first? So the biggest thing, you know, we, we built our first, you know, there's a lot of people, um, especially if you look online, a lot of people call themselves coaches and you know, they, they start a business trying to help other people out. And the downfall is that a lot of people don't go out and get the experience before they try to help others. Um, So we, our first two businesses actually weren't even in the entrepreneurship space at all. They were really building businesses. Um, So one of the big things that's been exciting the last couple of years and really looking forward has been the amount of other entrepreneurs that we've been able to help. And um, especially with this shift and really the focus on helping families out, it's just so rewarding to your point to be able to see people help build successful businesses, but also do that to enable building successful families instead of having those scenarios where it's like, yeah, my business is good, but you know, I'm divorced and I don't see my kids. So, you know, to me, it's, it's great that we've had success, but it's really great to be able to see somebody else go through and have success from the stuff that we've helped them with. Absolutely.
0: So for those entrepreneurs that are feeling super overwhelmed with balancing their business and their home life, what kind of words of wisdom would you have for them?
2: We we like to talk about um, the whole work-life balance concept, um, and it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> there is no balance. Uh, we instead like to talk about integrating your work and your yeah. life, because let's be honest, as entrepreneurs, a lot of times the lines between your business and your personal life are very, very messy. Then mm-hmm. you had kids kids into the mix and it is just it's impossible to feel like everything is balanced all the time Mm -hmm. so instead we talk a lot about goal planning we talk a lot about knowing your why and the vision that you have for your life and then taking that and making a system for yourself into how do you process your your tasks and your your projects that you have in both your personal life and your business so if you have a goal a long-term goal how do you break that down and give yourself sort of a timeline of you know the things that you need to do and that your family needs to do in order to hit that goal Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like you
0: know you're gonna have family vacations and Mm -hmm. you've got to get your kid to school every day and get them home and so yeah I feel like for us too, it's sometimes you set unrealistic goals too. It's like we can, oh come on, we can crank all this out.
1: Wait, 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 wait. And then <laughs> Where you try to go all those places
0: on one day. Yeah. <laughs> Not, we got one thing done. Yeah, I was about to say, don't even look at how many things we got oh, checked off. Like, well,
3: only so, I was gonna say, so that's that's a great point, and a lot of people struggle with goal planning because they look at what they didn't get done and the big thing we talk about with goal planning is you know i like to tell people it's like gps so you have a starting point here's where we're at today we have a destination somewhere where you want to be in the future and Mm -hmm. what's nice about gps is it maps out that path but unlike a map it gives you feedback along the way and a lot of people will look and say man i'm so far away from my destination but what you want to do is say look how far i've come Mm -hmm. and the key thing is if you're going in the right direction so maybe it's not as fast as you want it to be but focusing on really how far you've come, not how far you have to go. And as long as you're going in the right direction, you're going to get there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know I spent way too many years on the other side of that equation, sabotaging, sabotaging myself, my career, my business and everything. And it it's tough. Add up. Yeah.
0: Um, I am curious about that word integration, because when you said immigration, I thought we had just casually talked before we got on the air about how our kids like to like freak us out by popping up under the (laughs) (laughs) door. On an important phone call or something. And it's like, how do you, like throughout the day, especially if, um, you know, you work from home and the kids are around all the time. And of course you have to, you know, make lunches and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. How does that work with having your family in this physical
2: space with you during the day? Well, the first solution to that was sending them to daycare. Okay. Um, because I found that I was not good at being a work from home mom. Mm-hmm. I am not good at uh, dealing with all of the little tiny distractions all the time. I can do it sometimes, but I can't, like five days a week. If I'm trying to work, I couldn't focus enough on doing that. So we made the decision to send our kids to daycare which they love, so I, I I've let go of all the mom guilt of that. Yeah. Um, but when they are home, we try to first of all have that that priority list of tasks that we would like to work on if we get the time. Um, so if you know our younger son's napping and our daughter's watching a movie, I have my laptop out at the kitchen table, but I'm doing tasks that maybe don't require. All of my focus I you know creating social media images or giving getting some some bullet points out of a blog post or a post that I want to write, um, maybe doing some quick non brain needed work on the other businesses um because you know it really could, anytime they come out and ask for a snack or yeah. come and talk to you just because they want to come and talk to you to tell you what happened on the movie that you've already seen 30 times um, <laughs> it's very hard to get back into that focus mode let me guess uh, frozen actually no lately moana oh frozen, yeah, and yeah. now
0: it's on netflix so yeah. yep
2: it's oh. not oh. it's like took over the frozen craze a little bit but now she's obsessed
1: with youtube videos so our five-year-old is all about the classics right now it oh yeah Oz, annie
2: oh, oh yeah we just watched annie and then i showed her the in. new annie oh, yes
1: over and so over again Willie she wonka. goes to sleep the she day. watched
2: willy wonka yesterday she was homesick and that was her choice so it's it was- a little disturbing but a good
0: one
3: the psychedelic yes. tunnel yeah (laughs) seriously that was the part we were worried about and she loved it
0: yep she liked it she was not scared i know justin and i were like over there cowering in fear and she's like (laughs) what what are you guys scared about and then i watched
1: (laughs) an interview with gene wilder from like when the movie came out and they were like yeah all the parents freak out about the psychedelic tunnel the kids think it's awesome
3: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) we know too much
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you were talking about sending our kids to daycare, and, and to your point, a lot of people think that, hey, I'm going to be my own boss, and then, you know, I'll be able to be home all the time, our kids will be able to be home, and that whole work-life balance is really left over from, you know, employees, and when you had to the work, and you had to do your home life, and you had to try to balance the two things. I mean, part of being an entrepreneur, especially with the technology that we have today, is that integrating your life means that you plan it out the way you want. So by having our kids at daycare one, they're getting a lot of stimulation and learning that we couldn't give them at home, but it allows us to do the work while they're not here so that when they are here, we can be more present. Like we yeah. see a lot of people all the time that try to balance the two things and you're not giving your kids full attention and you're also not giving your business full attention because you keep getting distracted and it takes so much longer to get things done when you're constantly getting distracted and then you had to come back and say, okay, well, where was I? What's the next thing I got to do? And then the mm-hmm. kids distract
2: Well, and for people, I mean, I know daycare is super expensive and a lot of people don't have access to that. So some of the ways that we got around it before we sent them to daycare was um, having a friend or family member um, come and watch them for a couple hours just so we could be distraction free. Um, I had a, our neighbor's daughter was a babysitter for us where she'd just come right to the house and watch them while I was down in the office. Uh, A lot of times on the weekends we would take shifts. So if mm-hmm. I had work to get done, Tom would take the kids and play for a little bit and then we would swap so that he could get his work done and I could play with the kids for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of make it work uh, as you can and you do what you can do and that, you know, that's going to eventually work out for your family.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering, so obviously, um, you all are are amazingly successful at what you do. And I'm wondering, you know, for all those married listeners out there, what would you say it takes to have a legendary marriage? Other than all the gold nuggets that you've already.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, this sounds like a lame answer, but it's really, it really comes down to
2: me. That was going to be my answer.
3: That's why I jumped in first. <laughs> ah, the <this> truth comes out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're not talking and if you're not kind of understanding, you know, what's going on in each other's heads, and a lot of times just getting the thoughts out of your head, you know, things kind of drift off from there. So it's really about being on the same page and, and being able to have those conversations. And, you know, as Ariana mentioned earlier, we have some really great conversations and we have some where it's like all out tears, things just aren't working. And that's a lot of the stuff people don't talk about. And, you know, it, it sucks, but, but it's you, you got to go through those. Yeah. And to be honest, every time we go through one of those, especially the ones that are really tough, we end up coming out so much stronger because that stuff that was like nagging on us or, you know, it just, you know, kind of was there. We put it on the table, we worked through it, and then we were able to move on. But a lot of people have that baggage, you know, built up for years. And then when it comes out, it's huge. So the more often that you can have that communication, the more often you can have those real honest talks, the easier it is to then get past them and get used to that.
2: And I'm, I'm going to add on to that because I think one of the reasons it's really hard to communicate a lot of times with your spouse is because you don't really know what's going on in their brain. And a lot of times the words that you're that they're saying are not necessarily what's going on in their head. And that's where that whole like personality test thing comes in Because since we've taken those tests and kind of learned a little bit more about each other's tendencies, even those tough conversations are easier to have because in the back of your mind, you kind of almost know what they're thinking, even though they're saying something different. So Mm -hmm. Tom knows how to ask the right questions now because sometimes I just cannot formulate sentences that make sense when I'm having a, a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. So he knows what to ask me and like how to really get it out of me. And then we can go forth and talk about what's actually wrong because I couldn't say it. I couldn't get it out.
3: Well, I was going to say one more thing on that too. Uh, I had to learn this the hard way as I do with most things. A lot of times we would be talking and Ariana would come to me with a problem. And naturally what I do is I jump in, I want to solve that problem. And then it took a long time to realize, but sometimes she just wanted to get the problem out. She wasn't looking for a solution. And it took me so long to figure out, like, why is she getting mad when I'm helping her with the problem that she's bringing to me? You know, and and that really goes on to, you know, we talk about personality tests. Um, There's a really good one for couples called the five love languages. And, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that they think, well, I, you know, I like things this way. So kind of that whole do unto others as you want done unto yourself like it's really not true it's do unto others as they want done and so like with the five love languages it really tells you you know how how do you you know feel love and if you understand that about your spouse you can then make sure you're giving it to him that way so like one thing we we haven't done this in a long time we actually don't give gifts to each other So we don't give birthday presents. We don't give Christmas gifts. Anniversary gifts. And a lot of people think it's really weird. And then (laughs) when we finally finally took the love language, we were each a one on gift giving.
2: Oh, no wonder it doesn't really matter to us.
3: (laughs) But, you know, had we not known that or if people don't realize that, they might be trying to do that to make their spouse happy when, if it's not their love language, it just isn't going to work out.
1: Sure. You said you, you were both a one on gifts. What,
3: uh, what are your love languages, respectively? Oh, shoot. I don't Come on. Wait a minute. I can All right. Out. I can tell I'm you off. your love language. <laughs> so right. Ariana's love language is quality time. She's a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is physical touch and acts of service. Look at you. I'm impressed. See, this is how. Ariana's like looking marriage. it up
0: on her phone. <laughs> yeah.
3: Wait, what, 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 did like, it did? what was it? Like, she literally has it up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do you got? Like a cheat sheet? Evernote. And Tom's love language is. No,
2: okay. I have all of our personality results in Evernote <laughs> if we ever need
3: hey, to. Hey. Evernote is glorious. Right. So, so Evernote is the secret to a legendary marriage? <laughs> <laughs> the secret so is. Everything in Evernote, and I can always look it up. Yes.
0: Be a student and study your spouse. There, there you go. go. Yeah. You, you even have it prioritized. You even probably a spreadsheet, too. Man, I, I, turned no, a, spreadsheet I turned you into a
3: nerd. No, the spreadsheet. I turned you into a
2: nerd.
0: Oh my god. And so much wisdom to take away from that interview. Yeah. And I'm loving when they say, ask yourself what you want your marriage to look like. Be intentional. Yeah. I love that piece. And if um, they had talked about. It sounds familiar. <laughs> I feel like we say that. In the beginning <laughs> of their marriage, I love how they talked about kind of their courtship and their dating. And then when they were engaged, um, they were, you know, just kind of going through the deal. And then Tom busts out with the $15,000, you know, real estate investment. And they're like, whoa, back up the truck. And it kind of forced them to ask what they want their marriage to look like.
1: I'm pretty sure I would be buried in a ditch in the desert someplace if I had done that to you.
0: I'm sure Ariana did try to do that at some
1: point. Uh, Okay.
0: But how cool would that be if all newlyweds or engaged couples really had that vision piece and they thought like, what do we want our marriage to look like, feel like five years from now, 10 years, 20 years from now? What an what sort of an advantage you would have if you were able mm-hmm. to do that?
1: You know, I think it's even bigger than the the goal setting kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. Goals are short term, a year, you mm-hmm. know, maybe a couple years, but the but the bigger picture, what's the thing what that we're building these goals toward? Yeah. And that's that's what struck me about the way they talk about their creating their businesses, like the legacy of it.
0: Right. Right. And then Tom brings up the everyone has some sort of unfair advantage. Try to Man,
1: what a brilliant <laughs> perspective shift. I love it. Like that one got me. It it hit me right in the gut. Like I I I'm going to be really really honest. There are a lot of times in any given day or week where I feel like I don't have what it takes. I'm missing something. I don't know enough. I need to learn more. I don't have the skill, the talent, the tools, the the money, the whatever Mm. to get this thing to where I want it to be or where it needs to be. Sure. And like, like everybody, I can see everybody else has some advantage and just the, the, the shift that he brought with that, you know, everybody has an unfair advantage
0: on something.
1: So it's just figure out what yours is and play to it.
0: That's kind of how we decided to do legendary marriage too, was we decided that was our unfair advantage. We're like, hey, we kind of know how to have these tricky conversations and how to build intimacy and connection, and I'm not sure everybody knows how to do that. Is that, like, something everybody knows, or is that just us? Yeah. And so we kind of thought, well, I guess we didn't know the term yeah. at that point, but th- I think that was kind of our unfair advantage.
1: It's great advice. Like go out and figure out what your unfair advantage is. You are created with some little piece of brilliance or big piece of brilliance mm-hmm. that is only yours. Like some way, that, something you bring to the world, figure out what that is and then go bring that to the world. Cause that's what the world needs is more of your brilliance, not, you trying to cram yourself into what you think that they think that they want you to be. Right. And
0: how about celebrate how far you've come on your journey? Not just the like, I didn't get it done or I'm still working on this thing or it's like celebrate the growth. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have your own business, there's, there's never anything that's done (laughs)
1: <laughs> no. No, there's no such thing as done.
0: We we were talking about a web page today that we want to redo for like the third or fourth time. And it's like it's never going to be done. Like we're always going to change something or you know tweak this or tweak that or change change the message or change the font or the picture or whatever. It's like just celebrate the
1: journey. Yeah. All and right. I think it's it's just n- celebrating the little milestones. Like I can get caught up in the The hustle of getting to the finish line
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and
1: forget to celebrate each time you get a little bit of land taken.
0: You know what? How well do we do this for our kids, though? You know, like I just think of like my kids learning how to swim and it's like, oh, you blue bubbles. Yay. You know, it's like. It's not like they're in the Olympics They're Michael Phelps or anything. And then like, we
1: grow up and we think, oh, that, that, we don't need to do that. And we so do. Yeah. Our souls so need encouragement and affirmation and inspiration and motivation.
0: Mm-hmm. And now it's like we're, we're cheering for Allie because she treads water, you yeah. know. And it's like, why doesn't anybody cheer for me when I tread water anymore? You know, come on, honey. Where's my cheers? Where's my cheers? I need a noodle. <laughs>
1: A pool noodle?
0: I need a pool noodle. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I love how they were talking about if you don't have those difficult conversations and get on the same page, you'll start the drift. You'll start the drift.
1: Yep. You got to
0: have those tricky conversations.
1: It's it's a simple equation. You either talk about the stuff that actually matters something to your marriage and your life and your family Mm -hmm. or... You invite bitterness and resentment and criticism, contempt and stonewalling and defensiveness and all the other nasty stuff into your relationship.
0: You know what? Michael Warden was talking about this a couple of weeks ago about just, um, you know, if there's those tricky things or things that haven't gone so well in the past, you kind of just withdraw those conversations from your repertoire and you just don't go back there again. Yeah. But Tom and Ariana were saying, especially as entrepreneurs, it's like, it's not an option. Like you just no. need to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, And we, we, we have those moments too. Like we had one earlier today. It was like, I'm not willing to move forward with this until we get this clear. Yeah. Okay. And so we rearranged our schedule and figured it out. Yeah. And it's better. Yeah. <laughs> like what we're doing is better because of it.
0: Yes. Mm. Thank you for being relentless, honey.
1: Yes, relentless. You know the other the other thing that really struck me is uh being a student of your spouse.
0: Oh, they even have an Evernote file for each other. <laughs> that was very sweet. Oh
1: my gosh, yeah.
0: Of all the personality profiles mm-hmm. and the love languages and everything. Yeah. I want to challenge our listeners out there who has got files on their spouse
1: on again well, with the burn notice. Kind of a reference pops in my head. Honey, I think
0: you're just focused on burn notice. Nobody else is. It's the
1: best show on television. It isn't on television <laughs> anymore. It's on Netflix.
0: Nothing's on television anymore. <laughs> and you
1: seriously, if y'all haven't seen this show, you need to tune in. Or Justin's gonna haunt you from your podcast dreams.
0: Come watch my notice.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Anyway, being a student of your spouse, it because marriage is so much about um, unleashing one another. Mm. And if we're gonna do that, if we're gonna create a relationship that is empowering and unleashing to help each other become all that we're made to be, mm-hmm. then we've got to be students. of one another.
0: You know what? And just talking about having those tricky conversations, I love how they have their weekly check-in and they do it not only for their business. I can't remember if they said they do this in their personal life, but they definitely do in their business life. Um, Easily transferable to personal or business or however you want to do it. But um, they check in what went well this week and what didn't. And I think that would be a great challenge for our listeners this week, do that weekly check-in with mm-hmm. your spouse. Hey, what went well this week? What can we celebrate? Mm-hmm. You know, celebrate the journey like we were talking about. Hey, let's celebrate the baby steps. Let's yeah. celebrate blowing bubbles
1: in the water. It's, it's super <laughs> simple. Keep it, keep it simple.
0: Yeah, what went well this week and what didn't. Um, so if you're up for that challenge, join in the challenge with us on our Facebook community. What went well this week and what didn't? Weigh in with us. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash zero three four. Come and join that conversation on Facebook. It's a private group for men and women to support, encourage, inspire, and share about transforming your marriage from ordinary to legendary. Just search for Legendary Marriage Group or visit legendarymarriage.com slash community.
1: If you haven't yet, jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure.
0: This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage.
1: Make yours legendary.